Transcending through the shadows. During this time of rapid global shifting, we all need tools to navigate this new state of consciousness and ascension. These tools are within all of us. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. This is our time. My name is Stacy Musiel. And my name is Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts of Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Brenda Carey from Sacred Path Healing Yoga and Reiki. Hi, my name's Steve Nabell. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help our show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. Take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release right now in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Dovid Kraftschau. Dovid has been an independent, non-religious scholar of the Torah and other Jewish texts for over 50 years studying them in their original language of Hebrew and Aramaic, and he has been practicing the Tarot for the last 20 years. Dovid is the author of 20 books of fiction and nonfiction related to Jewish life and mystical secrets. He has hitchhiked 30,000 miles, been in two wars, and spent 50 years independently studying the secrets of creation through the Zohar and Kabbalah. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Dovid. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited to dive in and talk about your life's work and what you've been doing for the last 50 years. It sounds really fascinating. And so I'd like to learn a little bit um, just about your journey. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what got you started down your spiritual path. These kind of things begin as a child. And I think that, you know, uh, even though I didn't live in it, but, you know, I lived close to the, in San Francisco, we moved on the peninsula, but it really bothered me all the poverty. Yeah, it, it's the one thing that just I could not understand. And I couldn't understand the uh, description of uh, the universe. 
It, it made me extremely nervous as a child. And then I decided as I got older, I was really wanted to know what the truth was. And I tried many different things. I traveled a lot until I came to what is my tradition, what is my inheritance. I, I'm, a, I'm a Jewish person. And that's what I really, everything took root there. Everything started to make sense there. And uh, so I, I, I had to be, I was 26 years old and I was, I had never learned Hebrew. I didn't know the, the alphabet. I didn't know the alphabet. So I started right from the beginning. And so my way of study has been very different from the normal where people are kind of in the flow, you know, and those people who are brilliant are like flowing rivers and other people come and drink from it or add to it a little bit or, and my way, and it's a known way, uh, I, I, I kind of scratched my way through. I don't have an ability in language. I can't remember sound. And so I really had to scratch at each letter and I read books over and over again. And I had this kind of understanding of the concepts, even though my ability in language was very poor. And in a sense, it's what allowed me to be independent because I read too slow and I couldn't remember the sounds of the words. So I really ended up getting pushed in kind of my own way. And I, I really saw things and I just followed that. And uh, right from the beginning, I was introduced to the Zohar. And the Zohar is this truly mystical book written by a person 2000 years ago, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yehoi, and but delivered to the earth a thousand years later. And for 700 years, we have been unable to uh, uh, to understand the Zohar, we can understand the language, and it's difficult. It's it, it's a mixture of Hebrew and Aramaic, and some words in Hebrew mean the opposite in Aramaic, and so you really have to like sort of get into what it's saying. It has to really speak to you, and um, uh, and, and but that is the most mystical text, really of the Jewish people. This is it. This is the final, the fourth and final level of Jewish study. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and after five years, I, 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 have, uh, I have discovered the meaning of the Zohar. And I wrote this book, uh, Zohar Beyond the Black Hole. You know, just in short, it challenges the Big Bang and evolution and religion and gives a completely different way of understanding reality, which is really proved out by science, which is why the Zohar, because it was known when it was written, it says in the Zohar, these words are for the end of days. And we, and this Hebrew calendar, just like the Mayan calendar ended, um, uh, you know, uh, in 2012. So the Hebrew calendar ends in 220 years a 6,000 year calendar. So these are the end of days when all these calendars end, see? And now is when the Zohar is meaningful because the Zohar describes what we can only see now that we have telescopes. We couldn't see it before so no one can make heads or tails out of it. That's the real secret of the Zohar. The Zohar is talking about the creation, the things we see, how the black hole came to be made, how the whole thing and how it all 
hangs together. It's, it's just beautiful. And so that's what I wrote and that's what I'm trying. It's really, it's a very revolutionary book in the sense that uh, 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 changing one's perception is revolutionary. And there's a complete change, something coming out of nothing to nothing coming out of something. So I guess that's a long explanation to your short question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, thank you for, for sharing a little bit more about that. Now, I'm really curious if you can just explain a little bit more about um, what exactly the Zohar is. It sounds like it's a really complex book with a lot of different theories and maybe just some explanations of how we came to be. It's a thing with the Zohar to read it very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. See, people used to sleep from six to midnight and then they would get up and study. But I can't do it. But I get, I get up at four in the morning and I study Zohar. It's like it's just a time which is just so uh, crystal clear, you know. And and, um, uh, and I hope I'll do it all my whatever I have left in my life because it's you know the deeper you go into it and the more clarity you see in it. I mean, it's just an amazing book. And the way that it came to the earth because Rabbi Shimon lived 2000 years ago and it's known that he wrote this book in heaven and delivered it to the earth and is why it's mixed up with Aramaic because the angels, they stop stuff from coming out of heaven. I'm not supposed to come to the earth. So it says he kind of snuck it out of the earth and he channeled it to a mystic in Spain about 700 years ago who wrote it down and then passed away and a rich man came by and and heard about it and looked at it and saw that this is just great and bought it and he's the one that is responsible for putting it into print Mm -hmm. but everyone understands just from reading it no one had the capacity to write such a book you know you really have to know torah to be able to appreciate the book and you have to know kabbalah which is really the key to the zohar which is extremely complex so been really my uh you know my life's ambition to try to find the truth and i found it and the truth is that you know it was nothing that comes out of something there was something there everything is engraved we're engraved out of something and that something is called or ain't so which means light without end not that the light is going out endlessly because there is no space rather that there there are no and lights, you know, sort of like everything is tied together. It's perfect. This is like the illumination of the creator. It's not the creator, but it's the illumination of the creator. And in that, the creator engraves a desire to be known in low. And that engraving, because when you engrave, you engrave in a circular motion, right? That's how you engrave some. That intention, that desire of the creator is what eventually that curve turned into a uh, spiral. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the spiral is the black hole. Mm -hmm. And everything through this, as Zohar describes this, it takes on weight, it takes on metal, as the term it uses. So eventually when I got to the black hole, to to where it's all uh, condensed down into one dot, then that gave birth to the universe and to space and therefore to time. And that is all like a big nothing. It's like a little circle inside of or ain't so. 
But because the, what the creator wants is to have a, a dwelling place to be known and low, we are the center because there's nothing lower than this earth. This is repeated over and over, not over and over, but it's repeated throughout the Torah that this is the last station. We are like the mirror from here, everything goes up, everyone dies, everything dies, goes up. Everything has a spirit, everything goes back. There is no hell and there is no, you know, just disappearing. And the worst part of death is, is embarrassment, you know, because when you leave this world and go to the next and realize really what's what, you're embarrassed. <laughs> I, lo I love that. <laughs> the biggest fear is embarrassment. That's great. That's, um, that's really, really fascinating stuff. Uh, one thing that you mentioned, though, that uh, kind of brought up a question in my mm -hmm. head is, so does, does the Zohar, does it, you were talking about, you know, uh, nothing dies, but they rise. Now, mm -hmm. does, does the Zohar mention reincarnation? Uh, is that something that you as, you know, being a Jewish faith, do, mm -hmm. do you believe in that as well? There's a uh, prayer we say at the end of, uh, just before we go to bed, we're asking God to forgive anyone who hurt us. Mm -hmm. I want to go to bed with a free conscience. So I went through a day, maybe people pissed me off, this, that. So I want to say, look, whatever it was, I forgive them so I can have a good night's sleep. I don't want to be thinking about this stuff. And we say in this incarnation or any other incarnation, there's even in Kabbalah a book of incarnation. Hmm. And we know certain famous people in the Torah that they were this, and then later they were this. See, like Moshe, who gives us the Torah, originally he was a Hevel who Cain killed, the first two children. Cain and Hevel, and Cain kills Hevel, and Hevel eventually comes back as Moshe. And the souls who died during the floods, these were the souls that God wanted to give the Torah to. But they just didn't work out right. So they came back and they were eventually the generation who received the Torah. Nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Everything is recorded. And the main thing is to have good intention. We're not expected to be perfect. That's our freedom is that we're imperfect. So we can do a lot of imperfect things. And that's really where creativity and art is. In heaven, everything's perfect and you got to be perfect. You know, you're not perfect. You know, they, you know, they throw you out. It's like, you know, there's these places. And if you don't warrant being there, you can't get in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you can't change your place other than coming down to this world. That's how we change our place in heaven. Because this is where we have freedom of choice. And that's what God wants is to be known by people who, who have to think about it and have to make that decision. Yes, you know, God is here. And see, one of the things that uh, unfortunately uh, was been taught and kind of try to bring everything down into an ism, like monotheism. And monotheism is just not correct because it reduces God to being spiritual. And the creator is not spiritual. The creator is the creator of the orange soap, which is infinite possibilities. And we're nourished by the tree of life which is just 10 to say and one of these things is spirituality it's just one of infinite things physically we think that's all there is there's an infinite array of things we can't imagine mm -hmm. but god can right and all of that is none of that is god god is beyond that 
So for the Jewish people, and this is where the confusion comes, our big thing in the, 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 the fulcrum of prayer is to say that God is one. So this has been misunderstood to mean God is the first mm. and everything else is beneath God. And that's not true. God is not first. That's not the meaning of it. The meaning is that we live in a universe, physical and spiritual, which is dualistic. And in dualism, one is unique. And so the idea of one, and this is the, Jew, the original Jewish you know, uh, message to the world that Avram brought, is that God is everywhere all the time to everybody. And that's what people didn't understand. That's what Avram came to straighten them out about. And so unfortunately, through religion, this message has been changed so that now you have to go to a certain place. You have to belong to a certain religion, go to a certain place. that God will listen to you. Mm -hmm. And that might be true if you're talking about some spiritual God. These are the other gods. Mm -hmm. But that's not what God wants. The creator wants to be in the life of each person. And we do it very simply by talking to God, by recognizing God every day. Get up, thank God, man. You know, particularly get my age, oh, thank God I got up. I feel good, you know. <laughs> and you recognize, you feel that God is there. You know that God is there. And you can talk to God, and I've got this problem, that problem, you know, whatever. And God's being known in the world. And God loves everyone's story. That's what God's interested in. God's not even right or wrong. That stuff gets taken care of in heaven. But the story is what God loves. And so, it, yeah, recognizing it sounds like that, you know, it's not just the, you know, I think because a lot of religious texts, you know, focus on God being outside of us. And but it's what I'm hearing is that it's more about the God is within all of us and we are creators with God. We are always co-creating and we are. Uh, tapping into our our own sovereignty every time we talk to God. Absolutely, and it's interesting you you, you say it like that because you know women you know, like, like like you see it as God being within, but that's where woman's strong. Woman's strong and within. Men are more outside oriented. So I tend to see God is just wherever I am, God is there in front of me. Not so much, but these are two different ways to understand the creator. There's not a right or wrong. And the way that you understand it and the way you, you know, have your relationship with the creator is your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. It is. It's a, um, I think you're right. I mean, just the masculine and feminine energies um, can definitely show up in, in the way we are um i don't want to say constructed but how we've been yeah how our maybe our natural abilities or natural innate um tendencies will go toward and i'm wondering um if you could talk a little bit about the tree of life that's such a fascinating concept mm. and i just love that and um wondering if you can yeah just talk a little bit about that well the tree of life is based in 10 called the 10 spherot, they're the 10 luminaries. And these are really uh, duplicated or replicated in the sun and the nine planets. And again, this has a lot to do with the work that I've done, the books that I write to try to uh, show how the exactness of all this uh, uh, stuff we see around us and try to interpret it. In Torah, it talks about there being three spiritual worlds. And in reality, 
There's called Asiya, action, which is our solar system. And then there's Yutsira, which means form, which is the universe of stars around us that we see and we see the form of animals or people in the stars, right? And then there's Bria, creation, and that's the black hole. And then beyond the black hole, there is the other side of the black hole. This would be considered the soul. See, so you have sort of, and that's how the body is. You have the head, which is like Bria, and there's three parts. There's three triangles, the two hemispheres, the brain, and the third eye, corresponding to the two ears, the two eyes, and the two nostrils. And then there's the arms and the body, which is the next triangle. And this is where it starts the emotions. And, the, and so the upper one is like kindness, severity, and beauty. And the last triangle is uh, the right leg, the left leg, the sex. And the 10th is our ability to articulate speech and in, uh, thoughts into speech. So that is how each person corresponds to the tree of life. And the tree of life is drawn from God's name, yud He vav He. And when they lay us out on the ground and all the flesh disappears, after we've passed away, that we look like that in vertical. That's what it means that we're made in God's image. God doesn't have an image, but the name has an image. And that name is replicated then in the, uh, the, the sun, Mercury, and Venus being the head. Uh, uh, the earth is blue, that's the right arm, that's kindness. The left is Mars, red, which is severity. And the center, the largest planet of all is Jupiter, which is the torso, right? And then you have the, the giants of, of uh, the right leg, the left leg and sexuality, which is Saturn, uh, Uranus and Neptune. And then lastly, you have Pluto, which is the, um, uh, the, the, the power of speech. And speech has five elements. It has a throat, it has the palate, the tongue, the teeth, and the lips. And Pluto has five moons. The tree of life based in the Yudhe Buffet then is replicated in the uh, solar system, even in the earth, the seven continents and the three oceans, and in the human being. So this is how like the tree of life is really, really permeates life. It's kind of like the, you know, the Kabbalistic atom. And so, yeah, um, so how, how can one like tap into the energy of the tree of life? What is that? Um, people, yeah. you know, they have the symbology. And so mm. what, what do you? Well, I think one of the biggest things to, to learn from the tree of life, because we learn how, you know, we learn how the head works and how the heart works and action. These are mm -hmm. kind of the three major parts of the human being. We think we have motions, we do things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then speaking, like how we express. But one of the big things it teaches, very important, particularly in our time, is how men make sperm. You know, I read tarot cards. I like to, you know, it always comes up in the tarot a lot, you know, sexuality or, you know, a number of the cards have to do with sexuality. So I like to ask people this question and nobody knows. Because it's not logical to think the sperm are made by the testicles. I mean, they, you know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it was the technical. They can't give over the whole DNA. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and so the way the Torah explains it, it makes so much sense. 
and it really helps us in our sexual expression to understand like these differences of male and female. They're so different because men make sperm at the moment, but women, they, they're born with all the shells that could become children. They never make any, you know, in their life. So well, like one's infinite, one's finite. They were, were these two opposites. And so what's the deal with the finite, with the infinite we can understand, or the, the, the finite we can understand, but the infinite, how does men have, how do men have this power? The number is uncountable in each man, how much sperm that he could put in the world. And the thing is that men make sperm from our eyes. And this is the right side of the brain called chachma, the power of what? The power to ask a question. So that's why men is a natural thing. Men look at women and say beauty. And it affects us. Women are not the same. They can look at men. They can look at naked men. It doesn't, I mean, it might arouse some, some women sexually, but it doesn't have this kind of automatic thing. Because women are much more uh, seduced by their ears, which is the left side of the brain. And they're called mother and father. So it's more what you say to a woman than what a man looks like. With a man, what a woman looks like is really important because that's what arouses him. It does, doesn't, if he looks ugly to, to a man, doesn't mean the woman's ugly, but you know, every man likes a different, you know, has a different idea what beauty is. And that's why women are always making themselves beautiful because that is intrinsic to women. Women are intrinsically beautiful. So it says in the Torah that 5,000 years ago that entities, when things were much more sort of convoluted and mixed up, spiritual and physical, that entities came down to this world because the women were beautiful. That's what drew them, not the resources, not the men, not the, you know, the movies, whatever. It was the women because they were beautiful. When man looks at a woman, what it does is it affects his soul. And that is really the energy of the sperm. It gets formated in the brain. And that's why we talk about man knowing woman, because that's the third eye. See, and that connects the head to the heart. When we know, then it becomes an emotion. So it travels through the spine and then talks about uh, uh, cooking in the balls and then being with force given to the woman, not just it should be the sperm, but the energy. That's really what the woman wants, right? Is the energy of man. And that energy is coming from the soul. So if this is the way that, you know, children or just people in general will talk about sexuality and understand sexuality, the sexual experience will be different. Hmm. Yeah. So that's one way that we can under that, that, that how, the 10 spirot, the, uh, uh, these 10 luminaries, which are the atom of life, this very esoteric knowledge can really be used to help the human being see what's true. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, just the example and just how you, you know, explain that because I've been actually studying Tantra for a little bit. And, and I was just recently listening to a, a talk on sexuality. It's the same thing. They're talking about the same thing as like our Western culture has taken sexuality and just objectified, you know, our bodies and made it into this thing where we sort of looking for um, the, the sacredness 
of sexuality is not there anymore and especially in our western culture but like bringing it back to the energy and recognizing that you know there's this sacredness you know when two people come together in that in the energies and trying to bring that back what you know bringing it back to kind of some tangible forms like how would someone how could someone use that like in their daily life to maybe switch into this new idea or not it's not new idea but this you know changing our especially our western culture from what is you know the constructs that we've been conditioned to believe and conditioned to, mm-hmm. you know, be in, um, to how can we use this in a more tangible form? Well, um, I think we really need to divorce ourselves from this reality, which is just not true, you know, uh, because they define things in, in ways which are really bad for the human being. And, and to me, the, you know, for the Jewish people, 2000 years ago, Rome came and destroyed the temple and threw us out in the world. So we consider this the exile of Rome. So everything around us uh, uh, operates according to Roman law. And even Roman law is, is, a, is what they call not an aggressive, but a, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but where they, you get these two together, they fight and whoever wins the fight, that's justice. Right. This goes right back to the Colosseum and and everything. Uh, the the idea that uh, 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 that a child uh, comes into this world at conception flies against everybody else in the world. No one thinks that, but they take the strictest position, and because they like war, see. Rome works with war. So everything they do is how can you make war with this? Like recently in the news, they're saying now, now the CIA is taking their focus off of the Middle East. They're going to now focus on China. We made enough war in the Middle East. Now we have, we, we always need some adversary that we can get everyone upset about that we got to do this because you know, we're going to lose the war. And, and so you really got to divorce yourself from this stuff. If one wants, you know, there's a, a, a saying in Talmud, Sheretz uh, Biado, it means a rat in the hand. And it means that, you know, there's a way to get clean. You go into a pool of water called the mikvah. But what if you got a rat in your hand? Can you ever get clean? You gotta let go of the rat. Uh-huh. We gotta understand this stuff is just false. It doesn't matter how society, I mean, it's just false and it's bad and it's what's causing us to destroy the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking that life just happens and there's probably more of it out there and we have to make a big rocket ship and go out there because the word is, just, you know, I mean, this is so absurd. And the only way they can sell it to people is because people really believe, you know, you look at, you know, all the news, everyone talks about the Big Bang, like it's some sort of fact. And all the Big Bang means is scientific uh, uh, terminology for we don't know what happened. <laughs> we have to give it a name, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so it's really, uh, it's, it, the lie is much more than some politician. The entire thing is a lie. Roman civilization, Western civilization is just a lie. The whole thing is a lie. So once we understand that, we can replace it with things that are not lies. And these are ancient ideas they haven't been able to destroy. You know, 
Like, like, you know, the Torah is given to the Jewish people because we are the chosen people and in the Torah are, are the commandments, 613 commandments, a lot to do. But everyone else in the world just has seven commandments to do. And you do those and God loves you. <laughs> and, and religion is not one of them. Mm -hmm. But what is one is not to pray to anything other than the creator. You want something, ask the creator. Don't ask a star, don't ask some, you know, spiritual entity, ask the creator, where's the creator's right here. And we see in all, you know, don't, another one is don't use God's name in vain. So you see everything, you can't say this, you can't, but God damn, hey, that you can say. And that's a terrible thing to say, a horrible thing to say, mm -hmm. right? Because that's Roman, that's given, uh, uh, like witness to the fact that there is a hell. Mm -hmm. So they want people to say that. It's in all the movies, right? right? Even in Star Trek, some guy's saying it, mm -hmm. right? Because I think there's some sort of formula. You have to have so many times in a movie, mm -hmm. right? Because this is just making that reality to be, uh, uh, to make the lie to be reality for people. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing that we uh, say a lot in this podcast that we talk about a lot is moving from th uh, 3D to 5D, you know, and what you just explained, uh, for me anyway, that's just another way of, you know, like you said, letting go of the rat, moving out of that 3D world where, you know, th these politicians, world leaders, whatever, people are lying so much that, like you said, it's once you once you lie so much, you start to believe your own lies, and then if you start to believe your own lies, other people are going to start to believe your own lies. But yeah, it's it's you know it, it's time, and you know you, you mentioned it in the ancient texts, and in a lot of ancient texts, there is that that you know topic of letting go of you know letting go of which does not serve you, you know letting go of other people's lies of other people's mistruths, you know, things yes. like that. Yes. Um, and I just, I, I don't know when you said that. Yeah. Immediately my mind went, you know, from 3d, you know, getting out of 3d and going into 5d. Um, but I do uh, want to switch gears just a little bit with you, David. Can yeah. you actually explain, you were talking about the, the calendars earlier. Can mm -hmm. you explain what the Jewish calendar is and where we are within it right now? All right. So the, the um, uh, creation happened it's kind of a but it happened 266 450,000 years ago the creation from the uh, uh from the black hole mm -hmm. and um uh at that after that amount of time that's when the uh uh the human being was created on planet earth and that creation period took seven days and the reason is because it was a prototype to the next uh, 7,000 years and there would be 6,000 years of work as we see when it talks in the Torah it never talks about creating anything other than the human being male and female everything was already there but in these seven days things were put into their place and on the sixth day, the human being was created, and, uh, and then God rested. So the six days are male, and the seventh is woman. Hmm. 
So uh, the, the Hebrew calendar now is 5,782, which means we have 218 years until the end of the calendar, the end of these male years of this work, until we enter into the thousand years of woman and the thousand years of peace. This is what happens at the end. So we are definitely at the end of times. And now is this transition uh, uh, into woman. And, and one can look at it as the kind of, kind of celestial coitus in that when you meet a woman, and these are kind of the big uh, uh, circles in the spiral, and it takes a lot of time, but as you get closer and closer to really coming together, things change. Hmm. And what changes? That man uh, suddenly becomes aware of woman, that man has to hold woman above himself in order that, that this uh, thing to happen. Hmm. And, uh, and, and that's one of the things like men need to be taught is, uh, is a, a very important, we were talking earlier about uh, sexuality, that a man's job in sexuality is to satisfy the woman. And this is again, another Roman thing where Rome says, you know, woman is secondary to satisfy the man. Mm -hmm. And this is not true, certainly by the Jews, by the Arabs, by I think anyone in the world who uh, wants to have a happy life, you, you want your, a woman to be happy. And that's sexually also. So man needs to be strong to hold back his energy. Hmm. So sex will last longer. So woman has a chance to have more pleasure in sex. See, hmm. that's why it's very bad for men to masturbate because then they lose that muscle to be able to hold back. Hmm. And then when they have sex, they're not a good lover. And women, so many women have complained to me about this. <laughs> But again, this is a Roman thing. Just satisfy yourself. Okay. So you have to see in all these ways, Rome has really just, just convoluted everything. And we need to get ourselves out of it. But the, 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 the good thing is a little bit of light like expels a lot of darkness. So once the human being starts seeing what is right and seeing that we are the center of the universe and God really cares about us, so we're going to want to stop going to the moon or the stars or buying all this crap that just is destroying our planet. And we're going to want to care for one another because if God loves us all, we should be loving. You know, that's the name of your, your, your show, you know, and we should be loving one another. That's what's natural to the human being. Yeah. And I've met so many people who have been just such assholes in their lives but when they get older they say you know the only thing that matters is love <laughs> you know it's crazy <laughs> but they did all this stuff they hurt everyone they got whatever they want in the end and that's what everyone understands that's what a child understands there's nothing like love and god loves us to love one another god loves us you know like we're a bunch of children you know god knows we'll make mistakes this and that gotta just love one another mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, brings up a, another point, just kind of going back to what you were saying too, about just the masculine and feminine energies. And well, as far as like how we've been constructed, the patriarchy has been so high, you know, it's been on a pedestal for so long. Um, and women, the feminine has been, you know, in the submissive role, you know, and that's how it's been 
structured, you know, based on, right. on, I think the, you know, yeah, that, well, like you said, the Roman, the, you know, the old world religions, you know, which I think has perpetuated all of that. And I've seen a rise in the feminine lately mm -hmm. and, and rise. The women are coming into their power, you know, mm -hmm. not, not, you know, in, empowered to, you know, express themselves and um, finding that balance, I think mm -hmm. is going to be really important to really honor both the masculine and, and feminine energies, you know, and how, how we can really, um ebb and flow together rather than you know and you know one being higher you know better or worse because it's all about the energies we bring forth right and so how do we how do we do that in in our culture and and really come into that place of love with each other and and not fight and feel like we have to have that kind of control over each other well the the thing is see naturally men are taller and bigger than women right I mean, you put us mm -hmm. all you know you know women are just smaller and more delicate right so men are are naturally over woman mm -hmm. so that's why the challenge of man is not to make us equal i mean we are equal in our uniqueness women are unique men are unique mm -hmm. The thing for man is to put woman above himself. That's the balance. Mm -hmm. You know, that we need to, men need to respect woman. And it's taken 6,000 years because, see, the, uh, originally uh, there was two women. And these two women are exemplified by Mars and Earth. Mars came at the very end of this uh, uh, chaining down of everything. And life began inside of Mars. Inside of Mars is water. Mm -hmm. It surrounds a, uh, a, like a, a, a thing of ice in the center. It's opposite from the way. And that's where life actually began. And it came down, the water came to the earth. And that's how the earth became uh, seeded with life. See? And but the earth came from a different place. The earth came from, uh, it says uh, it was a pebble beneath the, um, uh, the, the, the throne of God. And God put it here, and we know God put it here because the moon precisely eclipses the sun. And that's crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a complete, a, 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 a total eclipse mm -hmm. it is the craziest and nothing mm -hmm. nothing in the world is even close to that it's impossible pretty cool pretty cool <laughs> and, and, and so that's the other feminine that's why this earth just grows mm -hmm. everywhere grows life everywhere because that's where it comes from and so these are these two women uh Hava and lilith see that's how these two and they produce uh, the human the, the, the male because why? Because they wanted to have sex. And in Jewish law, that uh, there has to be a penis to have sex. So it means that women can do, they can love each other, they can do whatever they want. And it's not considered sexual. Which is, I, I think, another thing that, you know, Rome has, you know, made women deviant to do that. And that's not true. That's very natural to women. That's how polygamy worked. 
that uh, the, the man had many wives, but the wives loved each other. And through that, they had much more power over the, the man. It was really a very you know, good way to live. Uh, I'm not suggesting in our time, you know, but, but you know, we have these kind of paradigms and through them, we can understand how to kind of adapt that in our time. And the thing is that man must hold woman above himself. Otherwise we will go into these thousand years of woman as a, as a weak man, as a broken man, as an impotent man which would be very sad after 6,000 years, all the work and all the things, you know. So when we start looking at things more from a real point of view, not from a Roman point of view, all of a sudden, man, we all love each other. The world should work in cooperation, particularly now, everything's falling apart. The only answer is cooperation. Mm. You know, we have to, if there's a part of the world that's having a problem, we all have to help. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think is um, a, some, a good strategy to start moving in that direction for people that are maybe mm-hmm. struggling to, you know, do that or people yes. or listeners who maybe want some tangible ideas and, you know, All right. changing their patterns. Some, I got some good ideas, I think, new, new ideas. I think that America first is a, is, a, is a really special country because we're an immigrant country made up of people from all over the world. We're like a little world, right? And, 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 and the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, constitution is really a contract between the people of America and uh, the federal government. And in that way, the federal government is, you know, is like a husband, knows all our private things, you know, and the people are like the woman. And the thing is, it's time for a divorce because the husband is just abusive. He's drunk on power. You can't believe a thing he says. I mean, and, and, and what would a divorce do? It would, and we could do it like immediately. And uh, all the governor has to say is no more evictions. You don't own this land anymore. In a divorce, the woman gets the housing, you can have the money. It means anything in our state, like I live in California, every building in our state, maybe a federal building, you know, but, you know, they all belong uh, to the, the people of this state. And the state will then make sure that everyone has a place to live because our husband can't do that. He would rather let the children out on the street. Let him starve. He only cares about the middle-class workers who can serve the rich. So we want a divorce. And I think another thing we can do, I think we should have strikes uh, that, that, that ask everyone who is not happy with what's going on not to buy anything. Mm-hmm. Like take a particular day and say, no one buy anything. Let, the, let us start rocking the, the, the stock market, mm-hmm. you know? You know, I mean, it's just terrible with these people. They've taken all the riches and all the work of all the people from all over the world who came here to make America a beautiful place. And they've just taken it for themselves. They've stolen everything. And we want a divorce. We want our, our, our places where we can house our, you know, our people. Mm-hmm. So, so those are, uh, you know, and I think we absolutely have to stop going up into outer space. It's just ridiculous. You know, one of the curses written in the Torah is that it will rain metal. 
And that's what's happening now. They have so much crap up there that's coming down. It doesn't disintegrate. It particulates and then it rains down on the earth and we eat it. And, and the, the whole thing is just, the, the, their whole idea of progress is destroying. I mean, there are so many things wrong with Rome. But I think once we fixate that this is Roman, we, then we, it's easier to get it out there. Politics. I mean, the whole thing is just ridiculous. It's just stupid. They're destroying our country. And we had enough of Rome. America is not Rome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's definitely, you know, a lot of a lot of our systems right now are are broken, and they're not, you know, they're not, um, they're not working. <laughs> yeah. And so I think we need to shift a lot of different things. Everything from, you know, just our undercore underpinnings of, you know, the belief systems, and you know, but like, you know, in our prison systems, our education oh. systems, our healthcare systems, I think yeah, it all has all those beliefs have a, a hand in all of those. So I think there's some major upheavals needing to happen. <laughs> Do you know that um, uh, um, uh, um, COVID in Hebrew, the word COVID in Hebrew means respect. Mm. And God sent it to us because we were going so fast, we were about to go over the rails. Mm which the rich like, because then everything is chaos and they can buy everything up. Mm. We see them doing it now. They have so much money, they're buying up all the houses to rent everyone. So they're going to basically own America. And this is just, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is just wrong. It's greedy. It's wrong. And it's from people who understand that life just happens and they just mm-hmm. happen to be rich. So they're just going to take everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole thing has to be uh, uh, deconstructed. And life has to slow down and we have to start caring about one another instead of money because money is just stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just stupid. It's not worth anything. Yeah, it's the, the materialistic, the consumerism that has gotten a lot of, you know, the has built America basically in Western culture. So I think we really do need to come back to our you know, our roots are indigenous ways, you know, and absolutely the, the historical texts. So. I think the first thing we need to do in America is to support the native people in this country. Mm-hmm. And we're losing everything. You know, I, I, I saw the, the, the news that like they're getting their, 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 their young women are getting taken at a rate higher, like, 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 you know, just 50% more than anybody else. They're just destroying these people and we need to safeguard them. I I think that's really beginning at the foundation of America. This is the, they can teach us how to restore the land, you know, how to go slower, you know? I I mean, we're just, uh, we need to do this. That's why I think divorce is so important, you know? I mean, mean, because, you know, this man is going to kill all his children. And how to live in community. I think a lot of people were so, you know, separated from one another. Yeah. We need to start talking. We need to start connecting. Absolutely. And, you know, coming into that place of acceptance and loving each other. Like you said, you know, like our message is, you know, really coming into that heart space with each other and, you know, just loving where we're at. And, and you know, when, when people feel accepted, they feel like they can shine their gifts and they can shine in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think instead of all these drugs that they're giving to people, it's just terrible what they're doing. Just think about it. If we had like sort of chill out centers everywhere, 
And, you, and if you got stressed out, you could go in there and smoke some marijuana and have someone to talk to. Life would be a lot easier and it wouldn't cost very much at all. Mm-hmm. See, there's very simple solutions to things. We don't need some specialist to give us some drug. We need human contact. Totally. We need and to think- sit with one another and talk because we all have what to give. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And they make us feel like you got nothing to give because you're not giving anything to the rich people. So you're nothing. Rather do the opposite, draw those middle class people away. Let's make a, you know, sanitary places for, for the slums and let's use all this technology for things. And let these, I mean, it's horrible what the rich are doing. They, they, they're destroying mountains so they can get some, some, some crystal in their house that nobody else has. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's the dumbest way. I mean, it's just, you know, you know it's an, I'd say it's another fall of Rome, but Rome never fell. And that's why in the year 2000, that was the end of Rome. And these 20 years, and uh, I, I just want to mention, I write this in my book, I explain this, you know, uh, in my later books, the idea of 777, mm-hmm. that in the year 5777, which was 2017, Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. The day he was inaugurated, he was 70 years, seven uh, months and seven days. And on March 11th, when the, the, the uh, World Health Organization proclaimed COVID to be a pandemic, there were exactly 7,770,000,000 people in the world. The 777 is written in the Torah is the sign of the angel of death. This is the end of the male agenda. We need to start focusing on the female agenda. That's putting woman above man. Man wants to go to outer space. Woman wants to see all the babies or stop crying. And that's where we need to put our focus. Very simple. Everyone can understand. The world is woman. We need to respect the earth. We need to respect the earth. She's alive. She loves us. And we can't be doing this to her. Well, that's beautiful, I think. And the more conversations we can have like this, the more we're going to help awaken you know, so the yeah. rise of the feminine is definitely here. Absolutely. And so kind of on that, that, that term, um, you're mentioning your book. I'm wondering if you can also tell our listeners how they can find you and maybe what you're currently working on, Dovin. Ah, so I, I, I thank you. Uh, uh, they can find me at my website, dovidhouse.com. So the first book is uh, a Zohar Beyond the Black Hole. I have some books that are, that I, uh, one book, Kabbalistic Tarot was published by Inner Traditions. I have four other books that I self-published. And, but right now I'm working on, on five novels, a series. All this really deep information I've put into a novel form. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing the space to have this beautiful conscious conversation. Yeah, really cool, man. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work we're doing, please consider making a donation to our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation. 
which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.